We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. into the Ravens vault. I am Sarah Ellison with my partner, Bobby Trossett, here to break down our instant raw reaction of the Ravens' preseason win over the Arizona Cardinals, 24-17. Bobby, with the streak was on the line there for a minute. We were sweating there. I know everybody cares so much about this streak. It's now up to 22 games. Most ever, most most ever wins in a row in the preseason. Ravens, you know, kind of had to stretch it out, and and the defense came in with the big stand. So, what's what's your biggest takeaway from from this win over the Cardinals? Yeah, Sarah, they had to earn it there in the end, number twenty two, right? And yeah, I mean, look, regardless of whether or not you care, or you know, you think this is legit or whatever, the the guys in that locker room, the guys on that coaching staff, led by John Harbaugh, care. So much so that they haven't lost since 2015. And to me, it's just the ultimate testament of depth. It's the ultimate testament of consistency, execution from second, third, fourth stringers, and so on and so forth. So that's my takeaway there. But you know, we're going to dive into a number of different topics and, and reactions, I think, from the rookie class to you know a potential significant injury that we just heard not too long ago as we're taping this midnight Eastern from John Harbaugh on when it comes to Travis Jones that we'll dive into here shortly. But and even Tyler Huntley with just another exceptional have of, of football showing and continuing to show his value as as the primary backup quarterback in Baltimore. So what do you think you want to start on? Are we rookie class takeaways? Do we dive into Tyler's performance? What do you think? I think we got to start with the rookie class and leading the way. Isaiah freaking likely so unbelievably good tonight looking like a varsity player among you know the JV maybe even the freshman squad Isaiah likely finished he had eight targets he had eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown this is a fourth round pick Bobby I cannot wait I cannot wait until we get to see him see him lined up at the same time with Mark Andrews, little Rashad Bateman, and Lamar Jackson getting a throw to these guys. I mean, it's hard. We've been trying to we've been trying to like 
reel in our excitement for him. At this point, the dam has burst, okay? <laughs> he's like getting he's going to he's got national recognition tonight playing, you know, it's only a preseason game, but it's in prime time on Fox. There's no hiding him anymore. He's he's clearly going to be a problem and a major part of this offense. You know, I want to pull up former Ravens scout Daniel Jeremiah's uh, initial scouting report on likely that he retweeted out uh, tonight, which again is the 21st. We're taping this just moments after the game came to a close. Uh, he wrote on the Coastal Carolina tight end, likely is a slightly undersized tight end with exceptional athleticism and hands. He primarily lines up detached from the line. He's an outstanding route runner. He's very loose, fluid, and doesn't waste steps at the top of his route. He shows a burst to climb the seam, and he attacks the football. He's an outstanding leaper to make plays above the rim, and after the catch, he has the wiggle to make defenders miss and the speed to go the distance. Go ahead and see that 99-yard touchdown versus Arkansas State. I was surprised by how effective he was in the run game. He takes good angles, snaps his hips on contact, and looks to finish. All in all, likely might lack ideal size, but he's a mismatched player with tremendous upside. Sarah, Daniel Jeremiah is one of the most respected scouts in football. How did people miss on this guy? Well, it's funny because uh, Jeremiah put out that tweet tonight with his original, what you just read, his original scattering report. And he had him ranked as number f- the 46th player overall. And then when he tweeted it out, he was like, I should have kept him that high. Now, I don't remember exactly where he had him at the end, but he was drafted 139th overall. 139th overall. Just unreal, unreal. Sorry, Bobby, what was your question to me? <laughs> I just had to add that in on Jeremiah's tweet there. I mean, in a lot of ways, he slipped based on that scouting report right to the Ravens in their lap in the fourth round. So I was just wondering, <laughs> how did other teams pass on this guy after a glowing remarks like Jeremiah provided there back you know, pre-April? I just don't feel like people trust the tape. They don't trust the tape. He's talking about how he's undersized, you know, didn't show very well when he was I, don't, I think it was at the combine with with his 40 speed, all that kind of stuff. And this just happens time and time and time again with the Ravens, where it's like measurables aren't the best, but if you put on the tape, and his tape from Coastal Carolina is unreal. It's unreal. So, and you see it, and everything that Jeremiah said in that in that scattering report, you almost saw all of it in one half of football tonight. So he says, outstanding route runner. Well, hello, we saw that on his touchdown catch, right? He just like goes up, does this quick juke move to the left, then goes out to the right, squares up perfectly for Huntley to see him. What else does he say here? He's very loose and fluid and doesn't waste steps at the top of the route. Again, we see that tonight. He's an outstanding leaper. We saw that with a high pass. A high pass to him from Huntley when Huntley was uh, scrambling. And then he says, after the catch, he has the wiggle room to make defenders miss. How many times do we see that tonight? I don't know what the official numbers are on the yak, but that was something that really you couldn't see in training camp because defenders are told not to tackle. So to see Isaiah just breaking tackles, and he said that tonight. He said 
he said after the game that 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 he takes pride in that. He takes pride in that. Here's my favorite part. This guy, so stinking likable, okay, not only because of his play, but after the game, and a um a media member said, "Hey, you know, everybody was talking about you on this uh, broadcast tonight." you are starting to gain national recognition and the media member says, is that appealing to you? Isaiah is like, really? It's, it's to him. It's just about showing the Ravens that the promises I made when they drafted me, I was going to keep day in and day out. So as long as the front office and the Ravens are happy, like that's a Lamar answer where, where you're like so focused on the task at hand and blocking out all the noise, whether it's good noise, good noise or bad noise, it's just blocking it out. This guy is so likable. It's, it's unreal. All right. So obviously Isaiah likely is going to be a guy to watch. He's going to be a big part of the offense, but let's, let's look at the rest of the rookie class, Bobby, because You can really, almost any of these rookies that were out here from the draft class, which one's the next one that stood out to you? I think we probably should go to Travis Jones and the disruptive night that he was having on the defensive line, so much so that he was just trucking his way through lanes, and he seems like he's a total load. Now, the big takeaway from Travis, though, is that he had to leave the game. He limped off on his own power. He entered the medical tent. John Harbaugh spoke after the game about the diagnosis, and this is what he had to say. A little early. You know, he had uh, uh, kind of a hyperextension there, so I think he'll be out for a little while. I mean, he'll be out for the rest of the preseason as far as I'm concerned, and then we'll just see how it goes the rest of the way. He's had a good preseason, worked really hard, so got tangled up in a pile there. It happens sometimes, unfortunately, uh, but no, it's not a serious injury. He's not going to keep him out, uh, you know, for a really extended period of time. Yeah, so we probably won't see him until September at this rate, Sarah, but We've seen enough. Super impressive start. Super impressive start. And I just want to speak to this idea. There are a lot of fans who are upset that Travis Jones was out there at the end of the fourth quarter for him to get this injury. And I get that because, I mean, just coming off of last year, and it's kind of like you maybe not quite to the level. At the end of the second half with Isaiah Likely, I even tweeted it. I was like, all right. Let's get him out of the game. (laughs) We get it. He's a stud. It's all good. Travis Jones, I don't think is like, was quite at the level of Isaiah likely, but I do hear any fans who are, you know, upset that he was still out there. I mean, at the end of the day, these preseason games, if they're for anybody, they're for the rookies. They're for the rookies. So to me, it's not as as egregious as say, I don't know, JK Dobbins last year, you know, being in the game. So, I mean, that is, that is what this is about. The preseason is about these rookies and learning to, to acclimate to the NFL game. That said, Travis Jones has been so dominant that, you know, somebody's got to play. I get it, but they found people after he, he went down. So maybe you, you bring him out, you know, middle of the third or at the end of the third or whatever. I just don't think it's as egregious as everybody's saying, but I think there's a point. But, I mean, this is the time for rookies. But, I mean, Ravens dodged a bullet. Ravens dodged a bullet in that, according to Harbaugh, it doesn't seem too serious yet. So I don't know what that means as far as when he'll be back. 
Harbaugh just said that, you know, as we heard in that clip, that it won't be an ex- a really extended period of time. I don't know what that's defined as. So, but the good news is, is they certainly didn't lose him for the year. And, and uh, hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. All right, I'll, I'll get the next rookie in here. Pepe Williams, Bobby. Pepe Williams coming in. That guy had a great game. He had a, a sweet open field tackle. And this is another guy that's supposed to be undersized. Then he follows it up, obviously, with the interception. And I can tell that John Harbaugh loves him just as much as the rest of us. Pepe just does it every day. He does it in practice. He does it in games. He, he, get, he, you know, he doesn't get flustered at all. Just cover threes in the right spot on a bunch route. Little sit route right there, and he, he made the play. So that was great to see. Yeah, I think John Harbaugh is a big Pepe fan. I think the majority of this fan base is going to be as well as it starts to kind of get more and more familiar with this guy, Sarah. He's got a great energy about him, great vision on the football field, as we saw earlier tonight. And he, he's not only vying for a spot, but he's vying for playing time if he keeps playing like this. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He's going to get – I mean, as long as he's healthy. he He just – He's just constantly the the one part he did have a learning moment in the in the I think it was the first quarter when he got through in the end zone and he got to Trace McSorley. He got called for the roughing the passer. Now, it wasn't like this egregious uh flag, but he did make helmet to helmet contact and then he did push him down. And so, you know, he's gotta he's gotta feel good about disrupting the play to the point that he made McSorley just basically throw it early, toss it away, nothing came from it. But then the penalty bails out the Cardinals, you know, and then they're not even in the in the end zone anymore, trying not to get a safety. So uh, that's an easy learning moment during the preseason, not a big deal. Just live with the fact that you are disrupting the plays, and it was happening time and time and time again. Yeah, and, and he finally got that pick after – narrowly missing one in that preseason opener against Tennessee. So good revenge, sweet revenge for Pepe. Next rookie on my list, I'm going to go with the special teams punter here, Jordan Stout, Sarah. Two punts were pinned inside the 10, one inside the 5, and then for extra measure, the Ravens were like, you know what, screw it. Why don't you go handle the extra point? Justin Tucker will be the placeholder, and we're going to really show off here on national television. It's unreal. It's unreal to me. I can't get over how much Ravens flock appreciates punter play, punter play in the preseason at like 11 o'clock at night. It's it's bananas to me. But that's how well Jordan Stout played. It's just crazy. Just picking right up where Cook left off the way it wasn't – I mean, he showed off a booming leg yet again, uh, had that 58-yarder, but it's it's picking up what I believe Sam Cook is trying to teach him with these directional punts. So that 58-yard bomb landed, like, right inside near the right sideline, and the, the Cardinals didn't have a chance, didn't have a chance – to return it John Harbaugh actually spoke after the game that his gunner he felt like got held but it didn't get called and so had the the returner gotten even a chance to return it I mean who knows what's going to happen if you know with with your gunner being held so just just a great great pickup there and then I, I we're still going we're still going 
Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty, the running back. First of all, I, he was he was the leading rusher. He had 12 attempts for 34 yards, but he added, and this is where this is where we talked about him coming out of college was his ability to um, be a receiver out of the backfield. But if you're going to do that, you also have to be able to pick up blitzes. And he did both tonight. He added two catches for five yards, and one was that one yard um, or that three yard touchdown. So. <sighs> Love the touchdown. He does look smooth as a receiver out of the backfield. But what's nice, and this is some things that really hurt the Ravens last year when they lost their top running backs, is when you're on the field on third down as a running back, you have got to pick up blitzes. And that is exactly what Beatty did on that touchdown throw. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one it was. To Webb. Anthony Brown was under pressure with the blitz coming. Anthony Brown, to his credit, stayed calm. Then Tyler Beatty just picked up, just so solid, picked up the blitzer and just blocked him right as Brown threw a dart to Raleigh Webb and then give Raleigh Webb credit for making the grab and then had some yards out to the catch with a gorgeous stiff arm. I'm always here for a stiff arm. So that whole sequence was wonderful, but, but that was very comforting to me. I love to see that Tyler Beatty could pick up that blitz on third down. That's, that's, that's great stuff. That isn't something that you always see from, from six round rookies. So, and then I guess finally Kyle Hamilton, what'd you think of him tonight? Yeah, I was impressed with him, right? I mean, probably most notably the touchdown saving PBU. I mean, you know, Sarah, a, a few months back, you were a part of this stream on YouTube. I did a little live stream for the schedule release. I was lucky enough to have Derek Hamilton, Kyle, Kyle's father on the show. And he was talking all about his career overseas in professional basketball years ago. And then we got talking about Kyle's prospects that he had coming out of high school to potentially play ball, which is well-documented. It's been talked about. He's talked about it over the last few months since getting to the NFL. This dude can jump out of the gym, and I was reminded of that in this play. He's so rangy. He was way up there. I mean, his his wingspan is significant. Again, I, I just think this speaks to just how versatile he is. He can move all around. Yeah, you can see uh, with those long arms, and just he got he got some air on there. So I will say, and this is, I think, fans are going there are a segment of fans that are already calling him a bust which is ridiculous that you're already declaring that in preseason week two but that won't stop me from just pointing out where he can improve and I think that the broadcast pointed this out we'll get to the broadcast by the way that was <laughs> stock down on the Fox broadcast but uh I thought the play-by-plays and the color the color was actually really good um <laughs> But we'll get to that. So anyway, the broadcast pointed out um, Kyle Hamilton got a little bit lucky where a Cardinals receiver had dropped a touchdown pass, um, which could have cost them their their 22nd game in the streak. So um, Kyle Hamilton had gotten sucked in a little bit. I think he was thinking Trace McSorley was going to go ahead and run it up the middle um, to, for, to try to score. And so I think he went to go play Trace McSorley. Uh, and instead in the, in the broadcast, 
you know, explained this nicely that it's like when it breaks down like that, your job is to just, you gotta, you gotta stick to or, or, or grab a receiver that's running around in the back of the end zone so that, so that a, a quarterback can't just, you know, launch it off real quick. So, um, luckily though, the, the Cardinals receiver dropped that. So that would probably be a, a learning moment, moment for, for Kyle Hamilton. But, but what's crazy is I think we finally got through our list. I mean, we could add, by the way, Anthony Brown to that list because he the, he's an undrafted rookie, and he played well all the way up until he had that interception. The quarterback play in general, though, was, was very good tonight. But here we are talking about this rookie class, and Tyler Linderbaum isn't even on the field yet. Ojabo isn't even on the field yet, and Charlie Kohler isn't even on the field yet. So you can see why the Ravens are excited about this class. We'll see what they end up doing in the in the regular season, but this is it's been a very very nice very nice start. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, but think, but speaking of Anthony Brown and quarterback play, let's let's switch over to uh, Tyler Huntley, Bobby. What did you think of his play? So Tyler finished thirteen of fourteen for one hundred and twenty nine yards, a touchdown, and a passer rating of one hundred and twenty eight point nine. So now you put his two halves together through two games, two preseason games so far, and you're looking at this: twenty nine of thirty two, two hundred and thirty eight yards. Two touchdowns for a passer rating of 118.4. He continues to play within himself. He's developing before our eyes. He knows his role in this organization. He and Lamar have remained close. There's a good working relationship there. There's a good understanding for what's needed. And uh, as we've talked about in, in recent episodes, Sarah, I don't know if there's... Yes, there's better primary backups across the league, but I don't know if there's more valuable... I don't know if there's a more valuable backup quarterback in the entire league because of the scheme and what his style of play is compared to QB one in Baltimore. And I love how composed he is. I love how chill he is when a play breaks down and he does have some of that Lamar in him when things break down. That's when he's at his best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, is juxtaposing his play, which you laid out really well to Trace McSorley's, who played for almost, I mean, most of the game for the Cardinals. Trace McSorley, obviously a six-round pick for the the Ravens uh, a few years back, and then they had stashed him on the practice squad, and then the Cardinals came in and swooped him up. McSorley 
you know, at the time, you know, Ravens fans were, you know, kind of sad to see McSorley go. Obviously not the biggest problem in the world, but, uh, you know, he he was also a mobile quarterback. Seemed like he could run the offense, you know, similarly to, to the way Lamar does. Obviously not the same level. So now they get him over to the Cardinals, but you juxtapose his game to Huntley's. And it's not like Huntley, outside of Isaiah Likely, it's not like Huntley has all these star receivers throwing to it. Huntley ends with a 128.9 quarterback rating. Trace McSorley ended with a 49.8. It's just night and day. Just night and day. And it's just like, like you said, it's not like we're going around and assessing all the backup quarterback situations around the league. But we do know that McSorley was a quarterback that fit the system well, was good enough that the Cardinals scooped him up off of the Ravens practice squad and now have him as the primary backup. And Huntley is leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds better. So I will say this, though. This kind of this is one of the things about the broadcast that drove me nuts, Bobby. During the halftime, did you see this? The halftime interview, Sean Payton came out. And he was praising Huntley for his play as he should. But then he like tried to connect that to Lamar's contract, which I mean, I guess I get it to a certain extent, but he's like, well, I guess now Lamar's going to come in and sign that. And it's like, no, Huntley's awesome. But again, there are levels. There are levels to this. Lamar Jackson is an MVP quarterback. Tyler Huntley Again, he had a lot of injuries around him, but not a lot of wins when when Lamar went down last year. And so, like, him playing well in a preseason game does nothing with these with these contracts. It does nothing with the negotiations. As we've spoken about before, you want to know what will affect the contracts is guaranteed money. That will affect it, but not Tyler Huntley playing well in a preseason game. Yeah, let's dive into this whole Fox broadcast evaluation because – Look, I know it's preseason. It's preseason for the broadcasters as well. And and there's still three weeks to go to the start of the regular season. And they're working out kinks, as you saw on that graphic with Jordan Stout apparently scoring a touchdown, which is hilarious. And he's having fun with it on Twitter as we currently sit here and tape this podcast, um, as is Pepe Williams. But uh, Sarah, I Bobby, Bobby, I got to add I got to add this in there as you say that you, you just mentioned how how the broadcast and again, this one I'm not mad at. Like this is just like a simple name mess up. I had a couple name mess ups on the um, on Twitter tonight, so I'm not coming down hard on this one. But Jordan Stout just quote retweeted the graphic that says, you know, Jordan Stout touchdown. He quotes retweets it and says what I miss. <laughs> He's like, when did I score a touchdown? Sorry, I had a, I had you like literally said that as that tweet came up, so I had, I had to interrupt you. Keep going on it. I love it. Yeah, he leans into it, and Pepe's in on it as well, which is hilarious. But yeah, no, I think right off the jump, all of a sudden in the pregame on Fox, you're hearing the commentators almost create this new narrative that when Lamar's healthy, you know, he's a one but he hasn't been healthy throughout the course of his career. And I'm like, well, wait a second here. The only time in his four years of football, he's entering year five, obviously, that he's missed considerable time was down the stretch last season with an ankle injury. The year before that, he sat out a game because of the COVID positive test. I'm not sure why this unfair narrative continues to follow him in every aspect, in so many different angles. 
right off the bat, I saw you jump down their throat on Twitter. I went and did the same thing on Facebook because that needs to be understood. That on a national te- on a nationally televised game, that that just can't happen. Well, that's the thing is like that's uh, that's I agree with you because you had said that you know it's the preseason for us too, right? All of us in the media, and so that's why you know no big deal that you put up the wrong name on a graphic or whatever. So you know you're working out those kinks, but that what they just messed up there has nothing to do with preseason working out preseason kinks. Like Lamar Jackson is not just national news. He is. He is what every every broadcast uses on a daily basis to get ratings and clicks. Everybody hears about Lamar Jackson every single day, multiple times a day, because because he he garners them attention in their shows and 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 on their social media. And so so this isn't one to to get wrong. And you know I I think that the broadcaster was probably just trying to use. I don't know what he was doing. There is a segment of people, and I don't know if the broadcaster had done this, but there's a segment of people that I guarantee you, Bobby, that have been saying since the moment Lamar got drafted, oh, look at the style of play. Look at the style of play. He's just, you know, he's just an injury waiting to happen. Look at what happened to RG3. Look at what happened to Cam Newton. Like, like everybody just wants to be right about what they've believed about him since he was drafted and that's that his his playing style will get him injured and it's like no no because the injury he has had was was while he was dropping back and passing it had nothing to do to do with running and then the other thing that bothered me about the podcast and it was right here in the same segment is he says that he struggled with injuries and that was like his transition into talking about all of his weight gain and as we know we've talked about it uh, here on the vault on previous episodes, but the, 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 the weight he's gained has been vast majority muscle mass, right? When you look at pictures of him, he is swole. Okay. It's not like he's chubby. It's not like whatever, because then Sean Payton is like, Oh yeah. And starts talking about the type of foods that he should be eating and that it's too much weight for this, for this position. And it's like, what? it's not like Lamar's out there eating French fries and fried chicken every day. Like, why did you make that assumption that that's how he put on the weight that he wasn't eating those healthy, those healthy foods, you know what I mean? Or that he's been eating unhealthy. So, and then also what does he know that that's too much because Lamar has always been on the lighter side and everything we've heard from coaches and everybody else is that he's moving just the same. So, so that was a problem. <laughs> and the last thing that was a problem, again, this one came from Sean Payton, who's obviously an excellent coach, a Super Bowl winning coach. But then he was probably just trying to be funny. But he's like, yeah, well, now if the Ravens were planning on putting Isaiah Likely, try to sneak him through on, on the practice squad, they can't do it now. And it's like, have you been listening at all about, like I even felt like in their pregame, the other broadcasters had known and said the Ravens love him, and they said he's going to be a big part of the offense. So I don't know if Sean Payton missed that or if he was just trying to be funny, but it just seemed like time and time and time again, the broadcast seemed to be out of touch with the Ravens. Right, and that to me, when you're a nationally televised broadcast crew, that's lazy. 
Like there is a general laziness that comes with that. And again, I know it's preseason and sometimes you misinterpret things, right? Like Kevin Burkhart to me is one of the best play-by-play broadcasters in the country. And and he and Greg Olson are going to be calling a Super Bowl together. But I didn't love their chemistry tonight. At the same time, I, when you're not polished enough for in Sean's case, to make a comment like likely because you clearly haven't been out at camp in the last month, that to me is lazy and that can't happen. That's unacceptable when you're a nationally televised broadcast crew. But then again, it's Sean Payton and he was literally just hired. I want to just talk about maybe some quick hits here, Bobby, of outside of the rookie class. Again, there really wasn't, I you know, there really wasn't a lot of bad here. So, I mean, it just sounds like we keep, you know, piling on all the good news, but a stock up for me was um, Malik Harrison. He's now stacked two games in a row and just coming off is a hard hitting linebacker. And boy, what a development this would be for the Ravens. The, the play that stands out most from this Cardinals game is when Trace McSorley, poor guy, Trace McSorley was trying to run it in up the middle into the end zone. And then Malik Harrison met him in the middle and just pounded him right inside, right outside of the end zone and was able to save um, the touchdown on that. This is coming off of a game. Did he have a, did he have a forced fumble? Yeah. He had a forced fumble last week and he didn't even know it, but, but what a development that would be if, if he can really step up and, and come into his own to be what the Ravens envisioned and just be able to start and play well with Patrick Queen. That's exactly what they envisioned alongside Patrick Queen, but we haven't seen it in part due to what happened last year. You know, almost tragic. Thank goodness it wasn't tragically for, for Malik, but on the bye week, he caught that stray bullet to the leg in Ohio. And and luckily for him, it seems as if he's back and and he's trying to get himself back into the rotation. So I'm with you, Sarah. It's been a very encouraging start for Malik this preseason. He understands how important these reps are. He's been playing as if every snap is his last. So it seems he could end up being a a very important, reliable, rotational piece for a room that we've really documented well over the last few weeks is very thin and and unproven in some cases as well. A couple more stock up, guys. I don't know if you have any. I don't want to take them all, but I got a couple more on defense. Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller had that pick in the first half. And I think when you put that on top of Pepe's, uh, you know, the depth at cornerback is looking pretty good. And then on top of that, I want to give a shout out to Odafe Owe. He didn't get to play many snaps. He played more than last week, but he chased Trace McSorley out of the pocket on the Kyle Fuller interception. Uh, it was a great play by Kyle, but it wouldn't have happened if Odafe didn't chase Trace McSorley out of the pocket. And I'll say this. Go back and watch that play. Um, Michael Pierce, I believe that was Michael Pierce, kind of was pushing into the pocket too. And so when Odafe was trying to chase Trace McSorley, uh, he actually had to kind of hurdle and work around Michael Pierce, and then that's where he lost the chase. Uh, but obviously he did enough to, you know, disrupt the play and the interception's better than the the sack. But 
man, Odafe looked like he was gonna he's gonna be a problem. One thing on the Kyle Fuller nugget as well. I'm getting this from our guy Cole Jackson on Twitter, who's a great Ravens flock follow. Now he made the comment like Kyle hasn't necessarily flashed throughout training camp, leading some to believe that maybe he's over the hill. But in Cole's point and to his point, what he said in this tweet, you know, Kyle's going to be your classic, like super quiet training camp who like seamlessly transitions to regular season football because of how much experience he has under his belt and, and the seasoned veteran that he is. And I thought that was a great point. And maybe that is the case. Maybe he is an important depth piece in what we know is a very stacked lethal and and deep db room i know we just gotta like knock on wood though i mean obviously we know marcus peters has returned to practice and the little video that we saw he looked smooth he looked all of that but there's something about the cornerback position in the ravens it just seems like they always just get they just always get hurt, and that's why they they just keep stacking them up and stacking them up and stacking them up. You got it. You have to be deep. You have to be deep. Let's finish up here, uh, Bobby, just real quick on the offensive line. Just like last week, the Ravens did this um, interesting concoction, if you will, of of the offensive linemen. Uh, they had Tyree Phillips starting at left guard and they had Ben Powers starting at right guard and then a little bit into the game they had Powers then transition to center and Cleveland went into right guard so we know this we heard um John Harbaugh say and Powers actually but John Harbaugh said that they are doing this on purpose they need to have an emergency center uh, in case things were to go wrong in a game. And, you know, Powers did okay for himself. There was one low snap in there that made a play go bad. I, I can't remember if it was Powers under center at the time. It's so hard to keep all your offensive line notes during these games. You always got to go back and watch. But I will say this. I feel like Phillips took a hit tonight in the competition for left guard. Phillips had, by my count, three penalties, two first Two false starts were, th- were were two of those three penalties. And so Harbaugh already said this week that Powers has been the most consistent. He said don't count out Phillips, but Powers has been the most consistent. And so, uh, you know, those penalties are drive killers. You can be moving along, moving along, moving along, and then you you hit three penalties like that. That's that's not a great that's not a great sign. That doesn't take Phillips out of it completely. I do think that the Ravens want to continue. I think that they still they still dream to have him there, but I think it took a hit for him tonight. I would agree. I, I would definitely agree. I agree with the whole concoction estimation too. I was gonna go with like a, a, a you know some sort of unique yeah like unique combination drill, but like. There was a lot of mixing and matching going on, and I think one of the revealing things for me when I look at the depth up and down the offensive line is the fact that after, to your point, Ben Powers had an opportunity to fill in at center after McCarry started the game. Is that more of an experiment, or does that tell you that Tristan Colon is not going to make this 53-man roster because he came after, he got his time after Powers did? So it went from McCarry to Powers, to Cologne. Of course, we're talking about the backup slot here to Tyler Linderbaum, which I know is not 
you know, the sexiest storyline ever. But I think when you talk about the depth of the line, which we learned last year was super important to this team, I think it's relevant. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I have a hard time if Linderbaum is healthy and starting. You already know McCary's making this team. And at this point, I don't see him starting. You know, he got paid in the offseason, so you're like, do you pay that much to a non-starter? I think with a guy that can fill in at all five positions, yeah, you're comfortable with that. So if McCary isn't starting and he can be a backup center and Powers can be a backup center, then, yeah, that's not great news for, for Cologne at all. Not good news for him at all. And, again, I need to go back and look, but some of the tackle play – in that first quarter, it seemed like Huntley was was running for his life a couple of times there. And um, I want to say, you know, some stuff was getting by James, but I want to go back and look before I call him out completely. Um, so, so we'll have to revisit that. But I just know that Huntley seemed to be running from some outside pressure there. And I think it I think it did come from James's side. So um, we'll keep we'll keep looking at that. So Bobby. That's it. That is our that is our raw instant reaction. And there was some news over the weekend that we haven't even gotten to yet. So we're going to need all of our Vault listeners to come back on Tuesday morning because it's already 12:30 a.m. We like to post these our our first podcast of podcast of the day at 6 a.m. So there will not be a traditional Ravens morning vault, the 15 minutes of news. This is replacing that. Our instant reaction is replacing that. But on Tuesday, we will, Bobby, we've got to visit this wide receiver signing that the Ravens had on Friday afternoon and what that means for them. And then also the NFL continues to release its top 100 players. And Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews were both. Lamar was 36. Mark Andrews, I believe, was 32. Way too low for Lamar, but we'll get more into that in the morning vault. Maybe have some clips of what players had to say about both of these players. So be sure to join us Tuesday morning. But we hope that you've enjoyed this raw reaction to this Cardinals uh, win out in Arizona. And uh, thank you for listening. And come back and join us on the Ravens vault. Ravens vault.